Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Sarmenton community, Kylo Sarmenton, Philadelphia. We, we uh, are continuing and resuming Shemayna Prokim Laharambam, the the uh, treatise known as the Eight Chapters of the Rambam. We've uh, had a brief hiatus uh, the last few days for different reasons. We have not been going further in the Shemayna Prokim, but let's get right, right back into things, get back into speed over here, um, back into... Uh, the swing of things where we left off last time, and uh, we are in the fourth parak, still in the middle of the fourth parak of the Shemayna Prakim. And again, once again, uh, just to reframe and refresh ourselves over here, the Shemayna Prakim, that's the Ram's introduction to his commentary on Pirkei Avis. Pirkei Avis, which is all about character traits, all about Midas, Limarat Torah, the right way to learn, the right way to act, the right way to behave, the right way to think, the right way to be a Yid. And the Ram has a whole introduction called the Eight Chapters, which is title as such because it consists of eight chapters and it's an introduction, it's an introduction to Pirkei Avis in which the Rambam has a whole approach in understanding how we're built, how our Midas work, our character traits, where they lie, and how we're supposed to approach them and how we're supposed to work on them. An overall approach, a general approach to understanding ourselves and working on ourselves. And we've seen that the Rambam established a number of basic points over here. The Rambam established that a problem with Armidos has to be thought of as an illness. The Ram keeps, re- keeps returning to that key and critical point. It's an illness, an illness of the soul. And Armidos are a, a readout, a parameter of where we're holding spiritually. Mm-hmm. Our nefesh, where is our nefesh holding? Is our nefesh healthy or is it diseased? If it's diseased, what state of disease is it in? Is, Extremely diseased? Is it mildly diseased? And our midas are how our nefesh shows up when our nefesh is prompted and prodded by the outside world. But more so than that, we saw that it was quite clear from the Rambam that the sicknesses of the soul and the diseases of the spirit are not only present and therefore in need of healing when they actually do show up. Certainly, certainly, when they show up, that is a that is a wake up call for us that we have something we have to work on. But even when they are in our inner world and they don't affect anyone else around us, someone has character issues, midas issues, personality issues that nobody's ever going to know about. They're only and exclusively contained within my inner world. I still have to work on them. I still have a diseased nefesh. If that's what I want to do, that's what my tendency is. I really want to be angry. Inside, I'm fuming. Inside, I'm furious. Inside, I want to rip someone's head off, but I control myself because I know that, you know, I can't get away with it. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to, actually, I'm going to probably lose my job to actually rip somebody's head off, right? It's not going to be good from trying to marry off my kids if I actually decapitate somebody. But I really want to do it. That's a meta issue. You still got to work on that, right? You, you got to work on that, even if nobody knows about it, because my... Nefesh is diseased, and the bottom line is, what does that disease look like? What's that illness of the spirit, that sickness of the soul that, that produces these midas problems? That I, I have a, a misbalance. I have either too much or too little of any particular trait. Too much anger, too, too little intolerance. I have too much generosity, or too little generosity. And the nefesh, which has a tendency to be misbalanced and overbalanced in one direction or the other, is a nefesh that's unhealthy. 
is unhealthy because it has that that that, that, that it's out of balance, and we take that a step further. We made another discovery in the Rambam. The the real reason why that nefesh is diseased and doesn't have that balance, lacks that balance, and is too far to one of the other extremes, is because the nefesh lacks the ability to regulate and control itself. Not in control. Not in control. Um, other forces are in control, and that is the disease. Therein lies the real disease of the soul. The soul lacks control. My soul is able to be taken to an ex- extreme tendencies in whatever mido we're talking about. Extreme laziness or extreme hyperactivity. Extreme um, self-centeredness or extreme self-sacrifice. Extreme apathy, indifference, or extreme sympathy. The entire world is my problem. and I don't have a life for myself. And I allow someone else's life to take over my life. I allow intolerance to take over my life. I allow laziness to take over my life. That is the real illness, the sickness of the soul over here, which prevents me from having balance where I'm not really in control. That, that is the disease nefesh. And that shows up in all the meatus issues that we're familiar with, both the ones that we see and the ones that we don't see, the ones that only you're aware of, the ones that only I'm aware of. They're going on in my inner world, my inner turmoil, my inner agitation. And the Ram told us, therefore, the cure for diseases of the of the soul, the sicknesses of the spirit, is to regain control. And regaining control means I'm able to be back in the middle where I have balance. Balance in all matters, including balance. Balance in me, this balance in being able to have that right uh, approach in all me, this where I'm exactly there in the middle. I'm able to give, but not, you know, not give to the point that, that I uh, am not t- taking care of myself. I'm able to be tolerant, but not too tolerant. There's places and times and things that you have to be intolerant of. And I'm able to regain that control and have that balance in the middle. And Ram told us a few more things that um, the only way to truly achieve that balance, if a person has that issue where he has a disease of the, of the spirit and the sickness of the soul, uh, and, and I have drifted too far to one of the two extremes over here, in any of my meters, the only way to really regain control is to push myself to the opposite extreme. Someone who has become extremely miserly, extremely stingy, can't give anyone, can't open up his well to give somebody a quarter, can't give somebody a dime, can't make money leave his hands, he has to bend himself to the other extreme and be super giving, over giving, has to give more than the, 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 the reasonable amount. Why? As we explained, it has to all do with this, this overall approach in general, I have to regain control. The only way to regain control is to break the control that the, the disease has over me. And the only way to break that control is to push myself all the way to the other extreme and, 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 and rid myself of the, excuse me, the, the, the um, tendencies that have asserted control over myself. So long as I just try to have balance, if I go from being extremely stingy and extremely miserly, someone who can't give, and I, I give now with balance, but there's times and places that I'm not going to give, there's amounts that I won't give, which are reasonable, but in those areas, the, the, the bad meter still has control over me. And it's, it's exploiting me over there. I have to establish control over the meter. The only way to do that is to force myself to the other extreme. Then I break that meter. I break the bad meter. 
I have control, and then I can drift back to the middle. The Ram told us also as well, there is an idea of Lefnimish Rizadin. I can go a little bit beyond the pale, above and beyond. I can go a little bit beyond the norm, deviate a little bit, and still be within the range of health, as long as it's reasonable, as long as it's a little bit. The Ram doesn't give us a black and white definition, but so the Ram says it has to be reasonable. A person can be, you can have a person who's, who's more generous, more giving. This is the person who will give you, you come into the door, come to them and show, this is the person who will give you $5, this is the person who will give you $10, this is the person who will give you $18, this is the person who will give $36. Wow, $36 for a, uh, it's a, 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 a uh, that's right, for, for someone he never met who's collecting for a, a year from Yerushalayim, who's making a chasna, that's beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, that, that's someone who wants to give above and beyond. The year who's going to give out, you know, a thousand dollar check to every stranger who walks into the shul, it's not, again, that's, 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 you know, unless, unless we have, uh, we're to uh, convince, to convince Jeff Bezos to dive in here in CBS of the second minion, which our Arthur, Arthur Shirin is still not going to get us that much closer <laughs> to a minion, because A, we only had four people this morning, and B, he's not even Jewish. But uh, yeah, if someone like that, that's Reich Vikoyrach, okay, you can give $1,000 checks to foreign stra- to, to strangers. But in general, that, that's obviously something that's going a little too far. That's, that's already going beyond, above and beyond the, the above and beyond. But the Ram told us again, without, <clears throat> without, without, without quantifying things, that there's an idea of in which Chazal talk about. And I can be a little bit, if I want to be a little bit more alacritous than than, than the mean and the median. I want to be more generous than the average. I want to be more tolerant than the average, more patient. That's okay, as long as it's still within reason. And again, even to get there, a person has to first break the meter by going to the other extreme, and then you can settle back down into the middle ground. And the Ram told us one more thing, which we're going to be continuing with now. One more thing that he told us is, what about sometimes you see people that do seem to have extreme tendencies, extreme behaviorisms. And people that are known to us as sadikim. You see people that are big tzaddikim that, that do seem to engage in extreme behavior. Tzaddikim that, that will take on a tiny divor that won't speak for, for days, weeks on end, months on end. People that will go on extreme diets, very, very uh, unappealing, unappetizing diets. People that will do things like that. Um, they seem to you know, eat in extreme ways, speak in extreme ways, conduct themselves in extreme manners, isolate themselves, seclude themselves. What do we do with that? And these are people that are like not crazy people, not, not abnormal people, not wacky people like Sadiqim that will do these things. Sadiqim that will go, go into exile, self-imposed exile, a lot of Sadiqim do that. Sadiqim that will live in arduous circumstances and conditions, that will have minimal, minimal amenities, minimal gashmias, and they'll do that for long stretches of time. What do we do with that? That seems to be unreasonable. That seems to be above and beyond the above and beyond. So Ram explained to us, whenever you see that, you can bet your bottom dollar that that person is working on something. He's actually in the middle of the Rambam's approach. The Ram's approach is, if I want to rid myself of a bad meter, I want to break its control over me, I have to break that meter. The only way to break that meter is to go, indeed, to an extreme behaviorism that is unreasonable, that is unappealing, that is above and beyond the above and beyond. And when I stay there for a while, then I can break that meter. You see a person who is otherwise a tzaddik, otherwise a normal person, otherwise someone we look up to as a role model, someone who's in the canon of Ergedolim, and you see them engaging in extreme behavior, things that that seem to be appealing, uh, unappealing, it means they're working on something. Working on something. They're they're employing the Rambam's, um, you know, meter... Um, regimen, workout plan. Work. They're working on something. Now, 
we have to speak at this point. You know, we look at that tzaddik, we say, what do you mean, this is a gadol ador? You know, Baron Leib Steinman, he needed to sit his whole life on chairs that didn't have back, so like, what was he working on already? He was already such a big tzaddik. He was already the gadol ador. He, he was, you know, they say, Rebbe Kivager would not eat. We mentioned what Rebbe Kivager used to do when, he, when it came to how he ate Rebbe Kivager. Kivager used to eat without chewing his food. He wouldn't chew his food. Take a bite and swallow it. Take a bite and swallow it. Take a bite and swallow it. Mm-hmm. It's very bad for you. But he did it because he didn't want to enjoy the food. What? That's very bad. It's very bad for you. Because the, the body's supposed to... Um, the, the, the digestive process starts in the mouth. That's right, with the saliva, the chewing, the breaking it down. You know, uh, uh, you know, two things are going on. You're reducing it to smaller digestible particles. Yeah. And it's mixing with the saliva. So he made sure he didn't choke, Rabbi Kivager, but he wouldn't chew his food. And he one time had tremendous stomach ailments. And he went to the doctor, he told the doctor, I'm sure what you're going to be able to do for me. So my practice has been to swallow my food without chewing it, so I know it's probably been bad for my stomach. Um, why did he do this? He did this because he didn't want to enjoy food. He didn't want to enjoy the, the schnitzel. He didn't want to enjoy the chanting. He had to eat to stay alive, right? But he wanted to minimize his enjoyment of this world. Now, that seems to be very extreme, that behavior. And Rebbe Kivager is Rebbe Kivager, the Halek Rebbe Kivager. Like what, you know, he, had, he, had, he had things that he needed to work on. Rebbe Kivager, Rebbe Aaron Leib Steinman, the Chavetz Chaim, you know, who wouldn't have a, who, who still, uh, you know, uh, the, um, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, Mr. Tissue Box. Um, thank you, um, thank you very much. The should be the bench. So, Chavetz Chaim didn't have any furniture, dirt floors. What were they still working on? So the answer is, very important to speak this out. We mentioned it briefly, you know, the last few times we got together and we were doing Shemayna Prakham, but let's mention it again now. There is a concept that, and again, we are applying the Ram. The Ram is telling us that someone that engages in what seems to be extreme, unappealing, um, like off-the-wall behavior, things that seem to be like very, very, very unappetizing, things that we would never want to emulate. Those seem, seem to be very abnormal. They are working on something. They're doing it because they want to break a meter. They want to break the control that that meter has over them. And when we see this by great people who seem to be worked out through and through, big tzaddikim, means is when someone becomes, you know, a very big tzaddik, some attacker makes it to that level, Chavetz Chaim, makes it to the level of Baron Leib, makes the level of Rekiva Eger, you have a much sharper take on yourself. You see things with much more clarity, not just more clarity, you see things magnified. Your take on yourself becomes much more refined, honed, and acute, and you see your issues in a, in a much more magnified and acute sense. You pick up on things that you don't pick up on when you are not worked at. And your take becomes clarified, sharper, and things become into much sharper detail. You, person who is the layman, not a tzaddik yet, he's working on himself. His being that he is still ill and diseased, so his understanding of himself is still ill and diseased. He can see very obtuse problems. He sees very coarse, very gross, the very big problems, because his disease only lets him see. You know, he's using. Um, 
he's not even using a magnifying lens. Not, forget about a microscope, not even using a magnifying lens. He's, he's looking at himself. Okay, what do I have to work on? What are my meters that I have to work on? He's only going to pick up on things that are very, very blatant and things that really stand out. Like, okay, I have an issue with my timeliness. That, that, that's undeniable. I'm just like, you know, look at my watch. And I see, you know, when I'm, when I'm getting out the door in the morning, I look at my watch to see when I'm going to sleep at night. I look at my watch, I see when I, I'm constantly showing up for things late. That, that's undeniable. Uh, I, 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 I see that, you know, I'm constantly losing my temper with people. That, that's, you know, undeniable. I, I get that feedback. I see that immediately. I see, you know, I look on the scale. When I stand on the scale, I see, you know, every week, I'm, I'm uh, Blian Horo, Blian Horo, um, making more of a presence in Eilam Haza. You know, <laughs> have an increased presence, increasing by about five pounds a week. So that's undeniable. Like I got to do something about my eating habits, right? Mm-hmm. I work on how I eat. Um, beyond that, it's difficult to pick up on the finer details because my take on myself is, is a very coarse kind of a take. It's very obtuse. I'm only going to pick on the the, the the big things. I'll work on the big things. I want to work on my eating diet. I follow the the regime of the Rambam, I'm going to force myself to undereat. I'm going to force myself to eat in a very stripped-down way. Yes? Um, I, I see, uh, you know, I have an issue with, with timeliness, with punctuality. That I'm, I'm very aware of. So I'll use the Rambam's approach, the Rambam's plan to work on that. I'll force myself to, uh, you know, beginning at an hour before I need to. I'll be going to sleep an hour earlier, right? I'll force myself to the other extreme. But is the sharper, smaller details I'm not going to pick up on. Because I, 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 as long as a person is still in possession of a disease nefesh, the greater the disease, the more difficult it is really to pick up on the details. And this is a, an axiom over here of Mita's work, that my perception myself is always going to be going through the filters of my nefesh itself. And when those filters, when those lenses are scratched and, and cloudy and murky, I'm only going to pick up on very big, blatant things, right? Um, Got to be very, very, very big for it to show up through a scratched lens. That's right. It's it's that's exactly the way it is in in, in you know real life also, um, and not real life. I mean, the, you know the physical world, the realm of the physical. <clears throat> um, you know, someone um, is driving and the, the windshield's all fogged up. Windshield's fogged up. So there's a car right in front of you. Hopefully, you'll be able to see it, right? See the brake lights. You see a big object, but potholes. You're not going to see potholes. You're not going to see maybe the lane markers. You know, you're not going to see where the guardrails. You're not going to see the shoulder. You're not going to see the you know the edge of the road. Very dangerous to drive with a foggy windshield because you, you might not might not crash into the car that's in front of you, but you may drive right off the road. You may drive into a pothole. You may drive into the guardrail. Um, big things you can see when 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 the lenses are fogged up. So I start working on big things. And the way me this work works is that the more I work on my nefesh, the more I work at the sicknesses of the spirit, the diseases of the soul, the sharper my take gets. And I begin to pick up on more details. The lens are defogged. I have the assistance now of a magnifying lens. I see things in sharper detail. I pick up on, on, on things that I wasn't aware of even. Like I pick up on eating habits that, that are not good for me that go maybe beyond just like simple matters like overeating. I pick up on matters of speech, how I talk to people. That goes way beyond the obvious problems with how I speak. I pick up on matters of my, my scheduling, fine-tune things 
that I was never aware of because I was I was uh, you know dealing with foggy lenses. I was only pick up on the coarse things, the coarse elements. This is how Midas work always works. That the more I work on myself, the more I I, I um, <clears throat> heal myself in the obvious areas, the blatant areas. The more my fo- focus and my 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 take my clarity gets clarified, and the more I pick up on the finer points, on the details, and I now begin to use magnifying lenses. I have used microscopic lenses, and things become much more detailed, much more rich. I have a much more acute understanding and awareness of myself, and I have more to work on. I have more to work on now, and the approach to meet us work is, is a constant. It's always the same as the Raman tells us. I want to work on anything, whether it's a very obvious coarse part of myself, or whether it's a, a very, you know, subtle and sublime part of myself, whether it's a very big detail, very fine detail, very very large, very great, or very small, to me this work always has to be the same, that I have to go to the opposite extreme. And if I don't go to the opposite extreme, then I'm not going to be able to work at it. If I identify something, if I'm able to pick, on, pick up on something that I want to work on, that I want to work on, even if it's a very fine-tuned, minor, minute, not minor, but minute detail, that only someone who has achieved a level of extreme piety, purity, and clarity can work on, it still needs to be approached the same way. The only way I can work that at that minor disease is by, is by establishing total control. The only way to establish total control is to break that meter to go to the other extreme. So herein lies the key to understanding extreme behaviorisms that we see by our gedolim, that we see gedolim that for, 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 you know, for years on end, maybe for, you know, for what seems to us to be their entire careers, they're always engaged in extreme behavior. What really, in fact, is going on is these gedolim, in their younger years, they steig, they climbed, they worked on themselves, they worked on their meters. You know what, their, their habits and practices at age 70 and 80 was not their habits and practices necessarily when they were 20 and 30. At 20 and 30, they didn't engage, perhaps, in long, long stretches of that avoid that they did later in their lives, paradoxically and counterintuitively. But the, the understanding behind the scenes is the, the higher that they grow, higher they climb, the more they refine and, and, and purify themselves, <clears throat> the sharper their take is on themselves, on their own inner world, the more they're able to pick up on those micro-particles, those microscopic diseases and sicknesses of the soul. And the only way you can ever work on anything is always through the same approach. The approach is always a constant, unchanging approach, just to take that meter and force myself to the other extreme, to break that meter, to break its control of me. I, I see, someone sees as a gobble, he sees that... His speech can still be a little bit refined in this area. Maybe his choice of words could be a little bit better. How he deals with people could be a little bit nicer. How he... The amount of words that he uses could still be reduced. The things we would never pick up on. We say, what's the matter? This guy speaks like, 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 a, like a malach, right? He says, no, 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 but I know I, I could have said it a little bit nicer, a little bit better. Slightly fewer words. So to work on that, take on a tiny steeboard. So the only way to work on this is to break that meat a altogether, I see it still has a little bit of control over me. I'm going to break that meat. I'm going to go to, I'm going to take on a tiny deeper now. To force myself to have control, to break, to, 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 to break that meat, to establish control over that. I see when it comes to my eating habits, I'm still a little bit overdoing it. There's Rebbe Kivager. I'm just going to pop the food down the hatch so the food doesn't have any control over me. <laughs> food has absolutely zero control over me. 
Because I see it's still a little bit, a little bit, the food still has control over me, I don't want the food to have any control over me. And this is where the Hanhogas of, of, of those G'dayim are coming from, where they see, they identify still acute areas, fine-tuned details that they still want to work on. And the work is always one and the same. There's always a constant work, which is p- pushing the meat at the other extreme. Yes, Dear, you have a question? Yes, Rabbi. I don't understand. Like, Rabbi Kiva Eger, uh, we can't fathom these people. Right. But, okay. So, like... But he was picking up on things that we're, we're, we don't pick up on. But, from my time in yeshiva, the rabbis always said you have to be consistent. Yes, that's, that's the rabbi in the next paragraph. Not, not consistent, you got to be normal also. Oh, so what's... Normal. That's the very next paragraph. Yes, that's what's coming up. I thought we were going to start today, but I think we're going to start tomorrow. We're going to move on to the next paragraph tomorrow. Yes, the, the point of today's discussion was to understand the extreme behavior that we see sometimes in our gedolim, and they are picking up on micro diseases, micro issues with the nefesh that they want to work on. They don't even want to have micro issues. We are working on the big things, the glaring things, the obvious things, and, and our approach is therefore to uh, have for, for, for the, the, what, what, what makes sense for us. With our take, we don't have the, you know, when you're the Ga'in of Rebbe Vegar, you see things that Rebbe Vegar sees that we don't see. But we work on things that we see, we work on things that we're aware of, and that's going to lead us into our approach, and that we will see Mir Hashem tomorrow. Okay, in the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful today. Thank you all for joining.